I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is episode 70 with Nicola Henderson Hall. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxit. Welcome, everybody. Today I have with me Nicola Henderson Hall, and she's calling me from Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates. And she is the podcast hostess of the Learning Curve podcast, where she shares inspiring interviews of Arab and expat women entrepreneurs in the Middle East and Northern African region. Welcome to the show, Nicola. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Teo. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. So, what is your backstory? What's your background? My background is um, I'm originally from the UK. Um, I, uh, I have a Scottish mother and uh, an Irish and German father. And uh, in the late 70s, they moved out to the Middle East uh, for work opportunities, really, you know. And um, they settled uh, in Abu and Dubai and uh, they never got the bug to go back to the UK um, and we've now lived here since the late 70s and my parents are still here and my sister's still here and uh, we've, we've grown up here, our lives are here and uh, we've even had kids here now so we've kind of really rooted into the place and um, I was educated here I, but I went to university in the UK because at the time of my university moment, there wasn't any university. So I went back and I studied uh, business studies. And then shortly after, I came back here and worked and did a chartership in marketing. Um, very, uh, through that, I, you know, I got on the career path and did that. And then um, I got married. Um, we moved to Oman and I had my daughter. Jessica, and she was born there. That was in 2009. And we lived there for about five years. And then in 2013, the summer of 2013, we moved back to Abu Dhabi and started our journey here. 
you know. So um, yeah, I'm I'm one of the, I'm sort of like you, I suppose. I'm one of those third culture kids that is from is from one part of the world, but has rooted, I suppose, in another part of the world. Yeah. No, it sounds like you spend quite a lot of time. I probably more time um, in the Middle East than in your uh, passport country. I don't know if is, is that correct. Yeah, um, I don't really relate to the UK. Well, I say relate, you know. Um, you know, I, when I go there, I, I do struggle a little bit. Um, but you know, it's just it's a, just a very different way of life, and it's I'm not used to it, and I see things differently. And it's, it's nothing bad or good. It's just um, it's just the way it is, you know. One thing that comes to mind to me is is this is this is where you can help maybe dispel some stereotypes is when you look at the news you hear um, the Middle East is not necessarily conducive for females right um, is that yeah. now how's that been has that been true for you or no because you know no. I'm, I'm asking no I, yeah this is um, that's why I love I that you're here on the podcast. I, <laughs> I can't talk for a lot, you know, I can't talk for all of the Middle East because obviously there are issues going on in, uh, around me. Um, but where I live in the UAE and having lived in Oman as well, you know, the women here, there's, not, not, there's nothing submissive about them. <laughs> you know, they, these, these ladies here, the Arab ladies here are uh, strong, confident, um, uh, driven women. And so the media, yes, they tell a story, but they only tell the small side of the story and they don't tell the true story sometimes. And um, it's sometimes really sad when you see things on the news and you kind of go, this is so not right. You're only 10% or 5%. Hello? 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 Nicole? There's so much more. Nicole? Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, it sounds can like you hear you're, me? It sounds like you're there breaking. You are. <laughs> I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, it sounds like you're breaking up. <laughs> Sorry. It sounds like you're breaking up. Um are you, can, is that okay now? Um yeah, it, it's it's okay. It was going in and out a little bit. But it, um I can... Let me just move. I tell you what, let me move locations cuz sometimes around my house I get better signals in different parts of the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, trust me. I know how that feels. For sure. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna no, try from here. Does this sound better? Yes, it sounds better. Sounds much better. Um, yeah. When cool. you said we can just, I can, I can just restart and say, sure. From the Middle East era, so and the, about women, and then we can go from there. Is that sure? Okay. So um, no, um, a lot of the stuff that you see on the the news is is only part of the story. Yes. In some parts of the region, there is this, um, uh, you know, the stuff that you see on the news. But where I live in the UAE and uh, having lived in Oman, the women there are strong, confident, uh, um, driven women. They have full intents of having careers. They have full intent of having a, a work-life balance. They want to have family. They, they want to succeed. They're very positive. And I, I wish sometimes that people would... Um, draw on that energy as opposed to always telling the negative story you know gotcha. so um so yeah so the women here are are are, are strong they they they're going somewhere you know the the uae is, is a very rich 
uh, emirate, a very rich country, and they are pulling resources into to really pushing women to some some of the parliamentary positions here in the UAE are held by very powerful women. Yeah, you know, That's and so they're um, they're very keen to to see women progress and not hold them back. Okay, no, I'm not. I'm I'm glad that you got the chance to to say that because. You know, with media, sometimes you never get the full story, like you were saying earlier. So it's you know, I'm, I'm, you know, you're you're a woman that lives in the Middle East, and you're saying this. So it's it's good to hear that um, it's not as bad as it's portrayed, for sure. Um, in this part, anyway, I can't talk for. You, you can't know, talk for the whole region, yeah, this. not for the whole region. No, yeah. no. But no. something you said earlier uh, pricked my ears. You were talking about how it's a bit difficult sometimes when you go back to England. Um, so yeah. how have you resolved that feeling of home? Because obviously home to you seems to be in the region you are right now, specifically probably, yeah. um, you know, UAE or maybe Oman a little bit, but it's, um, did you, well, it's kind of, it's kind of a dilemma because, um, I, I grew, I grew up here, but I can never become a citizen of the UAE. It's it, it's it's never going to happen. I am a guest in the country, and I will always have a guest status. You know, if my husband lost his job tomorrow, we would have to leave the country. You know, or he would have to find a very another job very quickly. Hmm. So, because of that issue of um, being a guest in the country, there's still the dilemma of of. The question of home where is home and I haven't answered that question and I struggle to answer that question you know um, I don't know where that is um, we are working you know part of our life plan as a family is to identify a place where we could call home is that the UK I don't know in in theory and in in, in genetics and uh, in where I'm from it's supposed to be Mm. Um, but in my day-to-day life, the people I interact with, it, it, it's not, you know. So I haven't resolved that problem of home. I remain rootless, I suppose, in some way. Um, uh, so, no, I have. A, it's still a big question. <laughs> no, but, and that's a lot of the answer I get with a lot of people I interview. I mean, even uh, yeah. my, myself, it's somewhat similar to my answer, so... Yeah. Let's talk about this podcast of yours, so the Learning Curve oh. podcast. What, yes. What, yes. Yes. This is what you do a lot. So what is your hope with it and, and what is it about? Well, um, my podcast is, is basically sharing the stories of uh, Arab and expat entrepreneurial women that live and work in the Middle East and uh, Middle East and Africa, North, Northern Africa region. And I want to tell these stories because... Um, when I was doing my research about, uh, you know, focusing in on a, a niche area for my podcast, um, there's a lot of stories out there about uh, the women do, doing great things here, but there was no voice to mm-hmm. tell the story. And I often find, as you probably know, that you can often hear the passion and the emotion and the energy in someone's voice that you can't see in a word you know words can be misleading you know when you're texting someone you say something one way and they take it completely the other way you know so when you hear them through voice you can hear those uh, elements so I decided that I wanted to focus on these women in this region and tell their story and 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 
the other women in the region that haven't quite made up their story yet can listen to these stories and go, hey, I can do that too. These women are just like me. I can do this. I can make I can make my dreams come true. They've done it. I can do it. So I decided to just to get out there and start telling the stories of these Arab and expat women living and working in the region. And it's been awesome. It really has. Um, the, the, you know, the theme of the, of, of the podcast is, is always the same, but it's amazing. The intricacies, the, the stories, the, 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 the ups, the downs, the challenges, the successes, the everything. It's just different each time. And I love hearing these stories. Um, it inspires me. It ignites me. I feel I feel um, uh, empowered when I when I when I hear these hear these stories. So that's what I want to do. I want to share the stories of these women here in this region and show the rest of the world that we're not just sitting here and you know putting our feet up and you know living in oil because right. I think that's also part of the image. But we're actually making making a, a mark in this world. You know, we're leaving a, a legacy somewhere. No, I, I love it. And that, that's, that's part of why I asked you earlier about uh, some of the stereotypes about women in the Arab region. And I think it, it's good mm-hmm. that you've you found this area and you're highlighting some of these things. Because, um, you know, when I was looking for expats and I was, I was looking into the region, that's, you know, I, I can't remember how I found you, but I, th- I think it was had a niche search, like something related to what yeah. you were doing and you came up and, you know, there obviously weren't many people doing what you were doing. So you're, you're one of the top people doing that. And I thought, wow, this is very, very interesting and it'd be great to, mm-hmm. you know, to see that. Um, and, that, and that's good because one of the frustrations I've always had with media, the big media companies is that it's not necessarily a full representation of just how people are and then that doesn't allow people to relate yeah. To, yeah. You know, to what they could. So I commend you for yeah. that. Now, thank you, thank you very much. Have you had like uh, a few favorites? I know you've been doing this for a while, so uh, I mean, I imagine you must have had some stories that have, have blown you away. Do I have some few favorites? Oh, you know, I I don't have a I don't have many. I I, I love them all because I I love the stories. You know, I, deep deep down, I'm probably a bit nosy as well. But ever since I was a kid, when somebody would tell me their journey. I was like, wow. And I'm completely open-minded to it. I don't close in. I don't shut the door. I'm, my mind just opens up and I, and I completely absorb in it. So all the stories, and I've learned so much from each of these ladies, and I've taken something away and thought, I'm going to try that, or I'm going to try that style, or I'm going to say this, or I'm going to do that. And they, they're each bringing something to me. And the learning part, the 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 the, the fun part of it is it's just great. So I don't I, I love them all, and gotcha. I don't have a, that's, <laughs> that's probably my personality as well. I'm quite eclectic. I don't I don't have a specific thing that I love more than something else because I I like lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. I mean, they, they all have some element to to you know bettering yourself in some way, um, and you yeah. also give them profiles now. What would you say are your careers? You would say you're a consultant or you're a broadcaster, media executive? What would you say? How do you describe it? Um, uh, I say a podcast host uh, stroke consultant. Okay. That's how I put myself out there. Um, because podcasting is really a new topic here. It's a mm-hmm. new medium. And I, when I say to people I'm a podcast host, I still get the, 
you're a what? <laughs> you know? Um, and I know in the States and in America, podcasting is huge. You know, it's everybody's adding a podcast to their business and, and adding that value. But here it's still very much in its infancy. And I, I only know of two other podcasts um, in the region. I suspect there will be more as we go on. But um, I refer to myself as a podcast host and consultant because I also do uh, social media um, consulting as well. So, um, for small, small, um, you know, women that are one mom and pop type businesses, you know. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I refer to myself. I keep it simple, and that way I can build on that. <laughs> no, I, I think it, I think it's good. And the reason I was asking is because I wanted to know what were some of the best resources that you've noticed since you you do this consulting um, and podcasting. Mm-hmm. You obviously have the best both worlds where you're haven't entrepreneurs on your show and get to hear yeah. from from them and you're also practicing it you know and, and you mm-hmm. you know you you consult with some of the companies and you also do some things on your own where you you mm-hmm. obviously get generate revenue from i, I wanted to yeah. know if you had tips for people who wanted to get into your line of work if somebody well you know i think there are so many courses out there, podcasting courses, for example, that you can do, you know, um, and then you, you learn and follow the steps of the course. Um, but I think if someone wants to get into my line of work, I think, I think it's kind of important to work on the more sort of intangible skill sets, like your people skill sets, like, um, uh, God, I can't think of something else at the moment. But that kind of thing, things that you can't see, you know, things that things that you can't just learn. You kind of learn maybe on the job or something like that. So th- those would be the more intangible things I would say to work on because the, the 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 actual structures of doing things you can learn through a course or you can go and have a trainer or a coach, but um, maybe focus on the more people side of skills, your interviewing technique. Um, how you use some of the technologies, how you can build it all together and, 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 and make a map and take someone through a sequence of questions so that you have a, a beginning and an end, that kind of things, you know? It might mm-hmm. just, in some ways, you're an author, but through voice. That's, I, I, through love, I love how you put that. That's actually beautiful. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Said you're an author through the voice, except you know you you don't have to do the hard hard part of writing and crafting the story. Oftentimes, no. the, the people will tell the story as you're doing it. And um, yeah. s- speaking of, before I get to the story part, do you have any people that you you look at and you model your interview style after? Oh yeah, so totally. Um, I have a few podcast people out there. Uh, you've probably heard of uh, John Lee Dumas. 
uh, entrepreneur on fire every day. All right, daily yeah. podcast. He's he is he's my um, he doesn't know it, but I follow him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know how many customers or how many uh, you know what his popularity vote he, here. Well, when he looks at his statistics, how many followers he has from this part of the world, but I'll certainly be up there. You know, um, I also listen to a show called Biz bizwomenrock.com um, that's another that's a very female community driven podcast but these women on they, you know these women um, from America primarily um, uh, building businesses selling their services and they're inspiring you know and then what is there's another one called shepodcast.com that's another one okay. um, so yeah and also Jeff Bullis I suppose, um, what is it called? Have a life, Jeff Bullis. Hmm. No, I mean those those guys, especially this and Johnny Dumas that I, I and Jack and but those are the two that I've heard. But um, yeah. wow! So it sounds like you <laughs> you have a whole rolodex of uh, of people that you could definitely. Uh, well, I you know they all bring something different. You know, I I take a little bit of something from each of them and 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 then you know add the spice of my own and and. Um, make hopefully make a, a good podcast <laughs> no no it's good it's good no okay so from podcasting to consulting what 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 other part of things you know what other things for me personality what do you do when you're not doing either of that because well was... i'm not doing either of those things um i'm being a mum. you're being a mum. i am yeah I, I i my daughter jessica she's five and you know, I take her to school. We do activities. She goes to playdates, parties. Um, you know, and then I, I cook dinner at night for the family. And, you know, I, I'm up at 4:50 in the morning to exercise because you know you got to keep healthy. Um, so yeah, I, I have a busy day. Um, and you know, in the morning, once I've dropped my daughter off at school, I, I get on with with the podcasting. So it can be. You know, doing research on other podcasts, researching guests, writing interview interview uh, questions, um, setting up my buffer for the next week of scheduled posts. You know, um, I also have I have uh, two communities, two two Facebook group communities. One in Muscat, where I used to live, and one here in Abu Dhabi. And uh, they are Q and A, um, where can I find type questions. And they support expats and people living in the region. Um, so I, I work on those as well. We just had our, in fact, Muscat Work and I Find uh, Facebook group just had its fifth birthday. And we have a, a group membership there of 23,000 people. So that's a lot. Um, that's a lot of people. that also keeps me busy. Yeah, I can see how that'll keep you busy. <laughs> Going back to travel here, since you, um, sure. you know, you do a lot of traveling, is there one way you particularly connect? I'm very curious to know if there's a particular way people in the Middle East um, respond to uh, foreigners or visitors? Well, the nice thing about the UAE is the UAE is a very open, tolerant, accepting city. You know, mm. we have, I think we've got something like 200 nationalities living in this country. You know, um, it's not unusual to meet an American and then meet someone from Bulgaria and then meet someone from Australia and then meet someone from India during your day. It, it's really not unusual. So for me, the way I think I can connect with so many different nationalities is probably, it goes back to my third cultural nationality, I suppose. 
is because I've been immersed in different nationalities since I was a kid, you naturally find ways of connecting with someone, you know, and and for me, uh, that's asking questions. Hey, how are you? What are you doing? What are you, what are you up to today? And, and just listening and allowing people to get comfortable and allowing them to sit down and, and answer my questions and, and then teach me about where they're from or what they do or where they're going. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's where I, I'm able to connect. You yeah. Know? Um, my third culture and nationality, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Being curious and using that to, uh, you know, to ask questions, uh, essentially. Yeah. The, um, the, I was going to ask you what, what you wouldn't tell your younger self, but then what you said made something interesting to me was, uh, since you were always curious and you're asking questions, was there, has there been any question you asked and the other person responded with like, wait, what? Why? How? What? How's that relevant? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do get that. People sometimes do think I'm odd. You know, I'm. I, 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 you know, I'm quite. I think I'm quite relatable. I'm quite friendly, and I'll go. I'll, I'll, you know, try and make conversation. But a lot of people that are new to sort of the expat life type of thing, they're not used to that. They're not used to that um, sort of more upfront approach. They're kind of like, whoa, hey, you know, back up a bit. You know, why are you being so close? But they'll eventually see that this is what happens as, as a, in, in this kind of society. Everybody, you kind of have to make friends with everyone quickly in order to start living. Hmm. Otherwise, you're just going to sit there on your couch watching TV, dreaming about somewhere you are not, which might, you know, wherever that might not be, gotcha. you know? Yeah, no, that's interesting. The UAE portrayal from, from the media perspective, I was watching Fast uh, Fear 7, um, Oh yeah, Abu Dhabi was in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 the portrayal of of, of that uh, where you are right now in Abu Dhabi is immense royalty, immense wealth. Like you're yeah. talking about having pools and 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 Lamborghinis, Ferraris, and in, in hotels on the like the fiftieth floor. Um, now I have to ask you this: <laughs> the opulence that's portrayed. Is that is that something that that's actually true? I mean, I don't even know. I don't know if that's where the seven star hotel yes. is. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you see, it is you very see, much there. It's now you. I have to know what that. What type of life is that? I mean, you just go around and you start seeing, you know, all these sheiks and and people just walking in 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 like gold and jewelry and just all around they you. They don't. They don't drape themselves in it. They're, you know, they they're quite. Sh they are okay. Apart from their cars and their their homes, you know, they 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 like. They do like to present like their car is very important. You know, um, but besides that, they don't. They are quite shy, um, and they don't. You you know, they all they 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 don't present themselves as being very wealthy individuals. If that if that's respectful in any way, but. It, it, through their cars and through their lifestyle choices, then you will see it. But there is a lot of money here. You know, every hotel is five star. It, it's opulent. It's beautiful. And when you see it every day, you kind of go, oh, okay, another five star hotel. And you know, <laughs> you know, anywhere else in the world, you'd be like, oh my god, what is up with you? You know. But um, when you see it, most of the time, it just becomes, well, that's just part of the Abu Dhabi skyline. Yeah. You, know, you have to come and see it for yourself. It's, it's, 
it's a beautiful place, you know, and the, the Grand Mosque here is just stunning. Huh. You know, that is a, a beautiful piece of piece of architecture and to walk around and it's got the biggest chandelier in the world in there. Hmm. Okay. So the Grand yeah. Mosque is one of those uh, you know, beautiful buildings. Must that have. Yeah, mm-hmm. must sees. All right. And then um is there any other must see in that in that region that we should go to? Uh, there's loads. There's obviously in Dubai there's the Burj Khalifa, the tallest building in the world. Oh yeah. Um yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is which is about an hour away from where I live. And and I'll be honest with you, I haven't been up it. <laughs> well, now we have something for you to do. So, <laughs> so I'm terrified of heights. Oh, so, um then we can no, conquer, you know, it can conquer the fear. Nah, it's good. I'm ter- <laughs> I'm terrified of snakes. I don't know if there's snakes over in that area, so Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. When I was little, we had um, no. we had snakes in our house. No. Uh, we had a camel spider. We had a scorpion. It was great. Okay, see, I don't <laughs> mind spiders and scorpions, but snakes. Ah. <laughs> but that's you know, that's old. That was when I was little. You know, that doesn't exist anymore. When I say that to people, oh, we had a scorpion in our house, and they do freak out. But I say, <laughs> hey, look, you know, it's very modern now. We've got roads and infrastructure. The scorpions just don't come in anymore. <laughs> They're not interested. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good to hear. Um, oh, we're almost done here, but I wanted to know what's the religion like there? Because is it mainly um, Islam, right? Yes, yes, yeah. that's the primary religion. We do have other practicing religions here as well, mm-hmm. um, but you know, ninety, eighty percent of the population is is the main religion is Islam. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now to the rapid fire fun questions. In the area, Ooh. what is the? I want to know. The best food. Which 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 Middle Eastern country has the best food? First of all. Oh my goodness. Um well, um, in this part of the world, the, the, the food is actually, is actually a collection because of the position of the UA and the other Gulf states, the food is actually very uh, mixed in the sense that it's it's brought together different cultures. So you've got sort of very um, flavors of Jordan and Lebanon and Egypt mingling with the flavors of India. So we have, like, there is an Emirati cuisine, there is an Omani cuisine, but it's influenced by the different spices and flavors around us. Um, I don't have, I don't have a, a favorite. Um, I do have a few favorite restaurants that I, I like to go to, but they're not Emirati. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. Or not, not Emirati. <laughs> But um, so it, it's a general mix. So you don't, you, but you don't particularly yeah. have a favorite. Then is that what you're saying? Yeah, I I I, I love food. You know, if as I could eat every day, yeah, you know, and the flavors here, you know, that the spices, the smells, the aromas, oh, they're just beautiful. When you're walking down the street and there's 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 you know shawarmas being cooked on on your on your right side, and then a biryani being cooked on the other side, that that the aroma that is just it's just outstanding. Your mouth waters. <laughs> <laughs> My mouth watering right now. So, okay, what about what about what about music? How, how's the music? Which uh, which one? Which uh, of those countries? I love are... Arabic music. Um, the, the the music from this part of the world, I do love it. It's got a, it, you know, it it has a, a rhythm and a beat. It's probably a bit like African music. Um, it's just awesome. I love though. I love Bollywood. You know, we have a big Asian community here, and uh, they've brought with them uh, Bollywood, Hindi music, and I love it. I love all that kind of stuff. 
You know, I love my UK and US pop chart stuff. You know, <laughs> I love all of that too. Um, but I, 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 I just, I love watching an Arabic wedding because the music, the tone, the rhythm, it's just beautiful. You know, I love watching Bollywood because it's just so colorful and dreamy, you know, that kind of stuff. So, gotcha. all right. All right. Fair enough. And, um, before we wrap off, which one, is, which one has the kind uh, the best or not best, the friendliest people rather. I actually think Oman has. Oman, um, and Oman. That, capital's Muscat, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's you know that is another beautiful country. That is a gem in, in this part of the world. It is so mysterious and so, oh, oh, it's just lovely. And you know we lived there for five years, and I embraced Oman wholeheartedly. And my daughter was born there, so you know Oman is a big part of the rest of our life. Um, and I think the people there are wonderful. They themselves, you know, Oman has a big uh, naval history. And uh, historically, it was a, a Muscat was a port for stopping for a stopping port for spices going between India and Africa. And so the people there, you know, you get you get different. You get very African-looking Omanis. You get very Arab-looking Omanis, and they're such a melting pot. But they've created this this open, warm, beautiful, colourful culture, um, and they're just lovely people. Okay. So I I would if you can go there for a holiday, please do, because um, it's a beautiful spot. Okay. Okay. So things we've learned from the interview is that. Um, while there might be some truth or, you know, in to the, the stereotypes and the, you know, submissive parts of women, it's not necessarily entirely true, especially in, in the UAE. Um, Definitely women are freer. Not. Yeah. And then, oh, absolutely. yeah, women are freer. And then there's also Oman is a gem. <laughs> it's a gem of places. Yes. Tallest building is tallest building in Dubai. And then, yeah. um, um, you know, one, the, I forget the name of the mosque, but that's one of the areas to see me. Yeah, Sheikh Zayed Mosque. It's it's, uh, it's beautiful. It's stunning. Yep, and the region is more diverse than you think, and very colorful. Oh yeah, you know, this region. You know, um, obviously we spoke about the media, but really, you have to come and see the UAE to see it for your eyes. Everybody that comes here walks away, leaves the UAE with a smile on their face, saying, "I'm coming back." Hmm. You know, um, and and I suspect that's probably part of the reason why my parents never left. Well, that, that, know, that's they, actually a very good point. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you know, they they enjoyed their life here. Why change it, you know? Gotcha. All right, all right. Well, I mean, you've told us a lot about yourself in the region, and I appreciate that. Can you tell us where we can find out more about you? Yes, um, you can find out more about me through my pod, um, through my website, uh, thelearningcurvepodcast.com. Um, I'm on Facebook uh, as Nicola Henderson Hall. I'm on Twitter as Nick h2 n-i-c-k h2 mm-hmm. and i'm also on linkedin um my name nicola is quite unusual so uh, i'm usually i'm usually quite easy to find <laughs> <laughs> that's good and she's very very responsive too so um whatever questions you have i'm sure she'll be more than happy to help out with oh absolutely you know um i'm more than happy to for for people to get in touch and ask me questions and and However intricate it might be, just go for it. Ask me. I'm happy to be there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for gracing 
uh, this podcast and just telling us about the region and just educating us essentially about why we should be there. So I need to get on my, uh, you know, put down my travel schedule, make sure I'm starting to fly to more Middle yeah. Eastern areas. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Itahad, where are you based? Are you based from New York? I'm based in New York right now, yeah. Okay, well, I flew to New York last year on a, on Itahad, so they fly direct. The flight is 14, I, 13 and a half hours. You know what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, and long flights are not even a big deal because I, when I used to go to Vietnam, it was similar. But, I mean, I oh, have there no, you go. essentially, I have no excuses what you're telling me, so I, I need to get on that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. I appreciate you, uh, you talking to us one more time. Thank you, Teo. Thank you so much. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.